All right, guys. So back again with another episode of the Locksmith Podcast hosted by me, John Luke Bongiorno. And uh, this is going to be a UFC podcast uh, predictions. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at UFC underscore Locksmith. And uh, this is what I'm going to primarily be doing, uh, primarily UFC. Every week I should be coming out with another episode. And if you guys could swing me a follow on there, I'd really appreciate it. DM me. Um, I'll hook you up with all my bets. This is not my bets. These are just predictions for each fight and how I see them going. Um, and then I'll also sprinkle in some other episodes, like it's March Madness or the Super Bowl or you know NFL, whatever it is, whatever it may be. Uh, but this is going to be primarily a UFC podcast. So uh, I thank you guys for listening. And I guess let's get it started. So first fight of the night is uh, Mohamed Makayev and Cody Duran. Mohamed Makayev opens up as a huge minus 340 favorite. And I could see why. Um, Makayev is an absolute beast. He's 6-0 though. So there's a little bit of lack of experience, which does worry me. But if I had to pick a side, I'm going Mohamed Makayev. He's just way more well-rounded than Cody Duran, Durden. Um and he's English. This is a London card. You're going to hear me say that a lot this podcast, but I just think that he's going to be a lot for Durden to handle. I think he's going to win this fight by decision. Uh, I think he's going to grind him out, and I think that's what we're going to see. Durden's a tough dude, 12-3-1 fighter himself, but I just don't think he's on that Makayev level. Um, so next fight is Nathaniel Wood and Vince Morales, which is a fight I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to seeing Nathaniel Wood He's got that minus 300 price tag. Um, really expensive. I, I just, I don't think that he's minus 300 against a guy like Vince Morales who cracks. Uh, the guy has serious power. And we've seen Nathaniel Wood be hit before, and we don't know how good that chin is. I mean, it's okay. But that wrestling of Nathaniel Wood, I think it's just going to just take Vince Morales. I think he's going to drain him in that first round. I think he's going to drag him out for decision, and I think he could possibly sub him as well. Um, so if I had to take a side, I'm going Nathaniel Wood here. I can't trust Vince Morales, although he does crack, which really, really does kind of lead me to stay away from this fight. Um, if you were to take a side, probably take Wood, but I'd stay away. Next fight is uh, Corey McKenna, the Welsh fighter, woman strawweight versus the American Elise Reed. McKenna with the minus 240 price tag. And personally, I just don't see this fight being a minus 240 and a plus 200. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the bookmakers think. Uh, the reach is on Reed's side by five inches. Um, she has a 70% significant strike accuracy. I, McKenna's got a 61% significant strike accuracy herself. With 3.47 significant strikes landed per minute with the 50% takedown def- uh, takedown average. So I think this fight could actually be pretty close uh, due to that reach advantage. I don't know how McKenna's going to close that distance. If I were to take a side, honestly, I really wouldn't take one. Um, I would probably go over two and a half rounds. I could see this fight going the distance. I don't see a finish coming here, especially in a woman's strawweight fight. Nothing against the ladies. It's just, you know... Fights don't really get finished uh, in the women's division. So I'm going to go, I guess, at least read by decision. Uh, I'd imagine that prop is probably about plus 600 or somewhere in that region. That's what I would take personally. But uh, I'd stay away from this one. Maybe take the over. But other than that, I really don't have a prediction. I guess if I had to make one bullet to my head, gun to my head, I'm going at least read plus 200. Um, I definitely see some value there. 
But next fight on the card is where I really see value. Uh, the Welshman Jack Shore versus the Russian Team War Valiev. Jack Shore at plus 105, Valiev at minus 125. Both of these guys are absolute studs. Jack Shore is impressive. He's got incredible jujitsu. 4.47 takedowns average per fight with a 63% significant strike, accu- significant strike accuracy. Those are both higher than Valiev's. He's got a 4-inch reach advantage in this fight. He's 2 inches taller. And he's fighting in front of his, I guess, home country. I guess Welsh and English is not the same, but you get what I'm trying to say. There's going to be a lot of Welsh people there, and even the Brits there are going to root for Jack Shore. He's a really, really touted bantamweight prospect, and I see massive value here at plus 105 on Jack Shore. I think he's going to get it done by submission. Uh, Timur Valiev is an absolute savage, but I just think that Jack Shore's pressure is going to be too much, and I think he's going to wear on Valiev. And I could see him getting that submission in the second or third round. I don't know. Uh, but I'm definitely on the Jack Shore side for this one. I think he's a really good bet. And um, I just can't see Valiev, you know, keeping up. I think Shore is much more well-rounded than Valiev is. So I'm going to go Jack Shore. And moving on up the card, a fantastic light heavyweight matchup between Nikita Krylov and Paul Craig. Krylov, minus 190 right now. And honestly, I could see why. And I think he's the more well-rounded fighter. Uh, if this fight stays stand-up, Nikita Krylov is going to kill Paul Craig. And it won't even really necessarily be close. Paul Craig is a jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's an absolute beast. We saw what he did to Jamal Hill, what he did to Magomed Ankalaev in the last second of their fight. Paul Craig is dangerous on the mat. Nikita Krylov, on the other hand, the dude's a beast. Just crazy, crazy, crazy power in those hands. Um, you know, he's beaten some absolute killers. You see the guys he's fought. Johnny Walker he beat. All right, we don't know how much, you know, you could take into that. But he fought Ankolaev. Um, Glover Teixeira, who's the champ right now, lost in a split decision. Beat Ovin St. Pru. Lost to Jan Blahovich, who was the champion right before that. So I think that this guy is honestly really, really good. You look at the level of competition he's fought, and I'm not saying Paul Craig hasn't fought nobodies, but he fought, you know, like a 40-year-old Shogun, fought him to a draw, then actually beat him, beat Jamal Hill, which was a great win. But I just, you know, he's lost to Alonzo Menafield, Jimmy Crute, who's a beast, but Khalil Roundtree, I don't know. I just, he's 34 years old. He was already hinting at retirement, which for me is a red flag. I'd stay away from Paul Craig here, I think. And I hate to mention this, but Krylov is also Ukrainian, and I think that he's going to have that extra chip on his shoulder with what's going on in the world right now. So I'm going to take the Nikhil Krylov side. Paul Craig is a tough motherfucker. I think he's going to make it to the decision, um, and I think he's going to lose a 29-28 or a 30-27, depending on if Paul Craig can get that takedown. But I'm going Krylov. I think he's fighting for more than just, you know, a paycheck. He's fighting for his people. And I just, you just can't doubt that. Uh, you can't bet against that. So Nikita Krylov by decision is probably where I'd go. Next fight on the card between two Russians, uh, Shamil Abdurahimov and Sergei Pavlovich. And I think Pavlovich minus 300, I think that's a good price tag. I, I actually think there's value at minus 300. Which sounds crazy to say because, 
usually, you know, if there's value at, you know, minus 300, I just, I don't see a way he loses this fight. He's 29 years old. He's an absolute beast. He's a physical specimen. If you look at the guy, uh, he's got an eight inch reach advantage in this fight. 84 inches of reach compared to Abdurrahimov 76. I mean, strikes landed per minute. He lands four more strikes per minute than Abdurrahimov does. Abdurrahimov's also, what, like 80 years old? Yeah, he's 40 years old. Just got knocked out by Chris Dawkins. Got knocked out by Curtis Razorblades. I mean, I don't think that Abdurrahimov stands a chance in this fight. I think Pavlovich is just an absolute savage. Um, and I think he could be, you know, a future very, very, very competitive uh, heavyweight contender. Trains out of Eagles MMA. You know how that goes. Um Lost to Overeem a couple of years ago, which isn't a bad loss. I mean, you know, Pavlovich lost to Al- Alistair Overeem, one of the greatest heavyweights ever. So, I, I and that's his only loss. He's fourteen and one. I mean, this this guy's a, a killer, and I think he's going to knock out Abdurahimov in the first or second round. I don't even see the fight being competitive. Sergey Pavlovich all day, give him to me. So I'm going Pavlovich uh, money line by knockout. By knockout in the first round, a little sprinkle on that as well. Um, I just think he gets the job done in very, very, very convincing fashion. Next fight um, in the featherweight division, Mike Rundy versus Makawan Amirkani. Mike Rundy opens up as a minus 160 favorite. And I just... This is a tough one, right? Because I've been saying, you know, he's fighting in his home country. He's fighting in his home country. And you look, right, um, Amir Khani has lost four of his last five. Lost to Barboza, Shane Burgos, Lerone Murphy. I don't know. I mean, on the other hand, right, you got Grundy, who's 12-3 and three in his career. Lost his last two, one of which being to Mavsar Evloyev, who's an absolute savage. Um, but then you also lose to Lando, Venata. I mean... Honestly, I think this fight's a pick em. They're both jujitsu, you know, level fighters. They're both jujitsu practitioners. I I really don't know. Um, I think they're going to, you know, swing. Uh, I think they're going to stand. I, I think the wrestling's going to cancel each other out. And I just can't see this, you know, I, I, I can't pick a side. Um, if I had to go side, I'd probably go Amir Khani. But it's like... There's no confidence in that pick at all. Um, I'm staying away from that fight. I think it's a, a toss-up. A toss I would just go Amir Khani because of the plus 135 value you're going to get on him. When I think this should be uh, minus 110s each way. I just I think this is the toss-up. So now starting off the main card, Ilya Topuria and Jai Herbert. Jai Herbert is British, fighting in front of his home country as a plus 340 dog to the undefeated Topuria. Tapuria is going to kill Jai Herbert in there. I don't think this fight is going to be close. I think it's a wash. The only hope Jai Herbert has is that this fight stays standing. And it's not because he's a better striker than Ilya is. It's just he's striking is his best aspect. So if he's going to survive in this fight, uh, if he's going to win this fight whatsoever, it's going to be through striking. I don't know how Tapuria loses this fight. Um, I've been so high on Ilya Taporia. And after watching him 
dismantle Ryan Hall. I mean, just destroy him. Made him look like he hasn't even fought before. In the first round, knocked him out cold. His stock just exploded for me. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to win this fight. He does have an 8-inch reach disadvantage, though. And Jai Herbert can strike. He could swing, but it's just Ilya's a savage, man. That guy could be a champion. Like, he could really be a champion. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Ilya Taporia by finish. Knockout or sub. I don't think, you know, this goes the full three rounds. I just, I think Taporia is an absolute savage. And moving on to the next fight, Molly McCann and Luana Catalina. I hate to do this, but uh, I'm going with Luana Carolina here. Molly McCann is just like, she's a tough girl. And she, you know, she's she's a good fighter. Won her last fight. Um, but Luana Carolina is an absolute savage. And Molly McCann's lost two of her last three. That's something to take into account. She also has a two height or two inches of height disadvantage and a seven inch reach disadvantage. Carolina, um, good fighter herself, won four of her last five. You got names like Priscilla Cachoeira in there, who she beat. Granted, that was two years ago, three years ago now. But I just think she gets the job done, uh, upsetting Molly McCann as a plus 110 underdog. I think there's value on that side. Uh, Molly McCann, you look at the way she fights, right? She's a wrestler. Um, you know, she's just a, a grinder. She's a tough girl. And uh, against a girl like Catalina, I just, I don't see it going that well. Um, one thing I really do like, though, Carolina's uh, last four wins have gone to the judges. I think this goes to the judges because Molly McCann is tough. And Molly McCann is going to be in there the whole fight. She's going to, you know, she's not going to quit. And that's one thing I respect about her, but Luana Carolina is just too good. Um, and I could see her pulling away, probably winning a 29-28. I think Molly McCann is going to win a round based on the fact that she is getting, she's going to get motivated by the fans in the O2, and I think that's going to carry some weight, but I just see Carolina being the better fighter here at plus 110. Give me that. There's value there. Um, and I, I, just, I just think she gets it done. I don't see a way in which you know Molly McCann can win. I guess she can win this fight, but... I'm going to take the Carolina side. And moving on up the card, we have Gunnar Nelson versus Takashi Sato. Gunnar Nelson at minus 440. Why? Why? I, I mean, why is Gunnar Nelson this big of a favorite? Gunnar Nelson's lost three of his last five. Granted, to Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, and Santiago Ponzinibbio are the ones in there. And he beat Alan Joban and Cowboy Oliveira, but he hasn't fought in three years, or two years almost. Two and a half years he hasn't fought. Why is he minus 440? Takashi Sato, he just lost to Miguel Baeza, but he beat Jason Witt, which I guess, I mean, isn't really saying much. Um, lost to Bilal, who's a stud. I, this is a classic striker versus grappler. Um, Gunnar Nelson's like, yeah, 33 years old now. I mean, he's a vet. Sato's 31, trains at Sanford MMA. Um, I guess for value, you can go Sato. I just, I really don't know. Um, this is another tough fight to predict. I don't know how this one ends up. I couldn't pick this one. I'm not going to take a side. I'm probably just going to 
stay away from this because of Gunnar Nelson's inactivity. I would take Gunnar Nelson if you know he was a bit more active, but he hasn't been active in you know two and a half years, so I just can't trust a guy who hasn't fought in two and a half years. I'm going to stay away. If I had to choose, I guess maybe Gunnar Nelson would win, but if there's value on the book for a value play, Sato is definitely way, way, way underpriced in this fight. I think he should be like plus like 190, not plus 340. So if you want me to you know, say who's going to win, I think it's going to be Gunnar Nelson, but there's a ton of value on Sato, and I might sprinkle a little bit on him. I don't know, but I probably will just stay away. All right, moving on to the next fight. In the lightweight division, one of the fastest rising stars in the sport, Patty the Batty Pimblet, Liverpool's own, takes on um, takes on Kazula Vargas. Patty the Batty, minus 450. Well, Kazula Vargas can crack, man. Um, Patty's tough, though. And Patty's going to have... That, that crowd when Patty walks out is going to be electric. And they're going to be... Well-oiled, uh, to say the least, by the end of the night. Um, Patty, I just see Patty riding the, riding the fans and reading, riding you know that momentum that he's been carrying in. He's uber confident um, on top of the world. Had a weird performance against Luigi Vendramini, a guy who I don't think is very good. Uh, got cracked in that first round. He leaves his chin up a lot, which is something I watched and uh, something I, I saw when I was tape studying this. Leaves his chin up. And gets cracked, but I do think that the UFC is giving him a bit of a layup here at Kazula Vargas, who's really just, you know, he'll either crack you and knock you out, or, you know, or you just, you, I think Patty's going to sub him or knock him out, and I don't think it's going to get out of the second round. I say first or second round finish for Patty the Batty. Place is going to go wild. I, I just, I think the UFC wants this guy to be really successful. You know, they have hopes of him being, you know, the next big fighter out of England. So I'm going Patty the Batty here. I'm going by TKO or submission. That's my bet. Uh, Kazula Vargas is a good fighter, though, but I just don't think he's going to beat the Batty. Um, and yeah, I think this is a fight that Patty has to win, right? You look at this fight; it's in London. Patty the Batty is, you know, the, one of the biggest British names in mixed martial arts. I think he probably is the biggest British name that's not Darren Till, or maybe even he might be bigger name than Leon Edwards. You know, you saw after that fight he had against Vendramini, he almost got like a million Instagram followers after that fight. Leon Edwards has like 200k, and Leon Edwards is an absolute savage. You know that just proves that the sport is all about uh, personality. And I just think that you know Patty the Batty, they want this guy to be really good. They want to promote this guy. Um, they are promoting him. So yeah, I think you know this is going to be a similar situation to what they're doing with Sean O'Malley, where they're just giving this guy you know layups, and hopefully you know this guy becomes something crazy, becomes a top five ranked fighter they can promote the shit out of. But for right now, Patty the Batty. Give him to me. I think he's going to win this fight and relatively comfortably, unless he gets cracked. But as he said, he's a scouser. He doesn't get knocked out. We'll find out. But I don't think he's going to get knocked out this fight. I think he's going to win this fight by probably a sub, if you had to ask me, you know, a method of victory. But I think he's going to get a finish. Definitely a sub. Uh, what was probably what I would say, you know, the most. Co-main event of the evening in the featherweight division, Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker. Now, Arnold Allen is an unbelievable fighter. I think getting minus 120 on Arnold Allen is an absolute steal. I got him at plus 110 on Monday. I saw the line. I jumped all over it. You're going to give me plus 110 on a guy on an eight-fight win streak, just beat Super Sadiq Yusuf last year, 
Hasn't fought since. He's just a little bit inactive, but he's an absolute savage. And he's fighting Dan the Hangman Hooker, who's a guy who, you know, hasn't had the best stint at uh, at lightweight recently. Um, you know, hasn't had a bad stint. But it's just, you know, like look at the guys, you know, he's beating, right? Like, he beat Nazareth Hackparast. Um, I don't think Nazareth's very good. Bobby Green beat the shit out of him at UFC 271 in Houston. He beat him via decision. Um, it was a, a good performance from Hooker, but once again, I just don't think that Nazrat is very good. And he beat Paul Felder um, in 2020 in a war. Uh, both of them went to the hospital after that one. And Paul Felder mentioned retirement after that fight. So I don't even know how motivated Felder was for that one. You know, when you fight a guy who's mentioning retirement after the fight, who knows how motivated they were? And those are his t- last two losses or his two wins. Out of his last five fights, uh, he got subbed by Islam Makhachev. You know, nothing wrong there. Got knocked out by Michael Chandler in the first two minutes of their fight. And got beat the fuck up in a war with Dustin Poirier. And I fear that Dan Hooker has way too many miles on those tires. Um, he's been knocked out plenty of times. He's been in wars. You know, respect to the guy. He's a bad motherfucker. But Arnold Allen is just so damn good. And I think he's has the future to be the next British champion. Um, in that featherweight division, you look at guys, you know, he's beaten Nick Lentz, Gilbert Melendez, Sadiq Youssef. He's really damn good. Um, and I think he's a more well-rounded fighter. I think that Dan Hooker is probably a better kickboxer, but it's not like, it's not super wide. Like I think people think it is. Arnold Allen's a better well-rounded fighter. He's got better jujitsu. He's got better wrestling. I think he's going to utilize it a little bit in this fight. Maybe calm the nerves in the first round with a takedown. The English fans, once again, are going to be all over this fight. I think they're going to be cheering Arnold Allen, Arnold Allen on like crazy. If you're giving me Arnold Allen now at minus 120, I still think that's great juice. Um, I think he's you know the better fighter. And you look at fighters who come down a weight class after uh, you know a tough stint at the weight class above. You know you look at Cody Garbrandt. We bet on Kai Car France in that fight to knock him out. He went out and knocked him out in the first three minutes of that fight. Uh, you know, I think Dan Hooker here, I don't think he's going to get knocked out because he's a tough motherfucker, but Arnold Allen is an absolute assassin, and I think he's going to win this fight and put his name on the map for real. Um, you know, he hasn't really beaten anybody crazy with a huge name. Sadiq Yusuf is a very good fighter, but people don't know him like that. Like, Dan Hooker's a big name. You know, you beat the Hangman. That's a great win. Uh, and it's also in his home country where Hooker's got to fly halfway across the world for this one, coming down a weight class. And Hooker's, you know... He's 32, but he's had a ton of fights, um, 21 and 11. That really makes you question compared to Arnold Allen, 17 and 1. To me, this is a no-brainer. I'm going Arnold Allen all day long. And main event time in the heavyweight division, a fight I've been looking forward to for a long time. Alexander Drago Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. I think that this fight is so intriguing because you have the speed of Aspinall, right? The speed of Aspinall versus that length of Alexander Volkov, the skyscraper, the six foot seven Russian, um, minus 120 on the Aspinall side. It was plus money a couple days ago, but I guess, you know, the money started pouring in on him. Six foot five for Aspinall, six foot seven for Volkov. So usually in Volkov's fights, he's way taller than his opponents, you know, five or six inches taller, eh, not five or six, but four or five. In this fight, he only has two inches of uh, height advantage. He's a slower fighter, but he's a very good kickboxer. Tom Aspinall, 
is a beast. Um, all of his fights in the UFC so far have been finishes. Uh, he subbed Andre Arlovsky, a really crafty vet who just won his last fight. Um, knocked out... Um, Jesus Christ, what's his name? Um, Sergey Spivak, who just beat the shit out of Greg Hardy. Um, Aspinall was able to get him out of there in the first round with a beautiful elbow. Um, I just think Tom Aspinall's speed is really, really good. And you look at you know Volkov's last few fights. He beat an aging Alistair Overeem in his last fight with the promotion. He lost to Cetelgan, uh, beat Martins Hybora by unanimous decision, you know, a dud. Beat Walt Harris, a guy who hasn't won a fight in forever. Lost to Curtis Blades. I just... Uh, Volkov is the crafty veteran. You know, he's he's got a lot of fights, though. He's 34-9, uh, 43 fights. That's a lot of fights. Whereas you look at Aspinall, who's 11-2, 5-0 in his last five, though. Um, and Aspinall only gives up two inches of reach here. And he, I think Aspinall's going to win this fight. In front of London, they, I think that they really... I think this guy could be the future of the heavyweight division. I think there's a couple guys, you know, in there who are studs. Like, Sirogan is undoubtedly, to me, the future of this division. You have guys like Chris Dawkins, who I know is coming off of a brutal knockout to the Black Beast, but I think he has that, that you know, futuristic kind of style, that quick style. Aspinall looks like a middleweight. You watch him for five minutes, and you can see he's a step ahead of his opponents. And I think he's calm, which is going to help him in this fight. There's a lot of pressure fighting in England. He's never fought in front of a crowd. And this is, you know, this is not like a Vegas crowd, uh, you know, where you're fighting the, you know, you're opening up the main card. This is London, England. You're from England. The O2 Arena main event, you know, you watch those English fights, you know, look, listen to how loud that crowd is. But I think he's going to be able to compose himself. And I think he's going to win this fight. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Volkov is definitely his toughest test yet. And it's not even close, but... I think Tom Aspinall gets this one done. Um, you're going to give him to me a minus 120. I think there's value there. I think there's value parlaying him with Arnold Allen as well. Or even a guy like Patty Pimblett, um, you know, for not as good odds, obviously. But I think there's value to be had everywhere um, with Tom Aspinall. Alexander Volkov, um, you know, I, he's a good fighter. I just don't think he's elite. I think he's very good. Um, I, I just kind of view him as a you know gatekeeper. You know, you look at a guy like Cyril Gaunt. Right, Cyril Gaunt fights him. He beats him. Next fight is an interim title fight versus Derek Lewis. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Curtis Blades who beat him, got you know into the top three of the rankings. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I, I think Tom Aspinall gets the job done. I think he gets you know to be a top five heavyweight, and you're really gonna start seeing you know I think Tom Aspinall maybe fights a guy like Derek Lewis, uh, you know a Curtis Blades, a Jairus Hino Rosen strike, somebody like that, somebody a little bit more you know, elite than Alexander Volkov is. So I'm going to go with Tom Aspinall in this fight. And uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I think he's a better fighter. So that's going to conclude it for the first episode for the UFC, uh, UFC Fight Night London Picks. Um, just remember, please go follow my Twitter at UFC underscore locksmith for more plays. DM me if you guys are interested in getting my bets. Um, I'm just, you know, willing to help and I'm trying to help you guys make some money. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show um, and I'll see you guys next week.